Hello and welcome to the Press Start Podcast, Press Start Australia's weekly video game discussion podcast. Shannon has a shocked expression on his face. I'm your host, you and joined today by my fellow gamers and co-hosts, Shannon. Hello. And James. Hello. Shannon, thank you very much for hosting last week in my absence. Despite what Brody might have said, I think you did a great job. Thank you. I felt like it was my strongest hosting effort yet. Which is <laughs> was, um, was my intro a little too animated for you? Is that why the shocked expression was on your face? Yeah, I think definitely could have been a, a slower, gradual build-up from last week to your usual <laughs> levels. <laughs> I just needed to ease you back into my uh, energy. I hear you. Um, hey, James. What have you what have you been up to since we last spoke? I feel like it's been a while since you and I just chatted. You been been playing many games? Um yeah, not all. I've been like playing multiverses every day. Um I'm going to ask I'm you about that, that. Yeah, we can. And then I just have a weird need to play Metal Gear Solid again, so I've just been working oh. my way through them. Yeah. The so you're going right back to the original? Yeah, I'm up to 5 now. Um, <laughs> nice. I love that. Yeah, how did you play how are you playing them? Um, so, uh, in different ways. Oh, okay. You um, you right. <laughs> in new and interesting but, ways. But, um, <laughs> I pulled out a PS3, um, oh, yeah. to play Metal Gear Solid 4, because you still that can't play do. that game anywhere else, which is just fucked, but, um, yeah, I don't, I don't make, you, I'm playing, sorry. Have you given, like, any of the classic games through PlayStation Plus Deluxe a go? I imagine are that's one you're on disappointed there? hasn't made the list. No, like, I don't know. No, no, no. I don't think they <clears throat> are. So, I, I already own 2 and 3 on my Xbox, um, like, through backwards compatibility, and that they upscale yeah. really nicely on Xbox as well. Um, nice. One, um, I have the PC version, and 4 is, um, like I said, it's not available anywhere. Like, it's not digital. Um, yeah. The only way to play it is, like, I've got a disc on PS3, pulled that out, bought a shitty third-party controller to play it, just couldn't it- find my proper controller. <laughs> That's not even Gosh. on the American PlayStation Plus, is it, is, as a streaming title? I don't know. I thought it would have been, but I'm not sure. I thought it was, but I thought in Australia, obviously, we can't get that. So, um, yeah. it's crazy. I mean, now that it, I've played it's it again, maybe it's game for the best. Game preservation <laughs> is, like, already an issue. Like, I think on the whole, of, like, the games industry is still, like, pretty young, and, I, and I, we tend to do, like, a pretty good job of, like, making sure games are kind of re-released or available on stores and stuff still, but there's still a fair few that slip through the cracks, and it's a bit yeah. disappointing. Like, that game, I'm just quickly chat double-checking, like, when was that? 2008. It's not even that yeah, long ago. not long ago. And there's no. literally no way to play it without buying a PS3, which is, like, wild to me. Like, every this, other yeah. game has fun, found its way somewhere else. I just feel um, like when it, whenever a store closes, like that's like kind yeah. of when the alarm bells need to ring. I must say that game for me some. is top spin four, like one of the best tennis game of all time and also need to whip out the PS3 every time I want to play it. It's nowhere to be found, yeah. which is sad. I thought you were going to say the Resistance games. So you harp Th- on Those methods. too, but I don't really get a hankering to go back and play those where there literally hasn't been a good tennis game since top spin four. <laughs> I mean, you'd be the person to ask for sure. That's like, it. Thank certainly. you. <laughs> or top spin three, maybe uh, both are PS3 games. <laughs> All right, James. Well, let me go back and ask you about multiverses. I do believe you spoke about it last week, but you have since published your full review. What were your final thoughts on the game? Yeah, it's good. Moving on. <laughs> I won't hear anyone else slander it. <laughs> nah, it's Brilliant. um. Yeah, I like. Obviously, I've kind of like learnt learned a lot about how it plays and stuff and like i said in my mm. review and i think maybe even last week it is a bit like smash bros but it definitely is its own thing like you just have to pick up t- like a few characters and just like kind of like get to know them um at the yeah. moment i'm like all up with aria and velma so they're my two i would say mains probably um which is um yeah it is it's really really fun like i'm really enjoying it um i i, I don't know there's always that, like, kind of fine line between am I enjoying this or am I, like, just feeling obligated to do my daily missions, <laughs> like, but, yeah. um, because the, there's a pre-season pass right now, and that goes until the 14th of August now, I think, because I got delayed. How are you going um, with that? Where are you up to? I, I'm surprised that I'm I've got one level here. left. Yeah. Yeah. It's very, sp- it's only, like, 15 levels, but the, the first season, I think, is 50, so the first one will obviously be a lot bigger, and I think that'll, like, my biggest complaint in the review 
was it doesn't really feel like there's a lot to work up to. Um, right. Although, like, I guess you we are reviewing a beta. Like, I think in the battle pass, the proper battle pass with the 50 items to unlock and shit, there'll be a lot more added, and that will probably feel a bit more. Because I do genuinely yeah. feel like I've unlocked everything I want already. So, do you know what I mean? Like, in what I don't, sense? Yeah, there's, yeah, there's nothing else to, like, work towards at this moment. Well, like, what I'm saying is, is like, I, I obviously haven't unlocked everything. I'm not going to go and buy the skins for all the characters I don't play. Sure. Um, but in terms of the characters that I want and stuff, that uh, yeah. that I I main, so to speak, um, I like own all of that stuff now. Um, just yeah. through playing. Um, yeah, I, I definitely think, like we were saying, it needs more maps. I think that's the one thing it's really missing now. I think they added one Rick and Morty one. one. They yeah. were, the Rick and Morty ones there. Yeah. Um, I think that, and this is, I think all this stuff will come with time. Obviously, like if you even, mm. I mean, I, I don't know how much we should take stock in the leaks, but like. If you look at the leaks, the character roster is really good. It's just the, I guess the the regular, the regularity of that and how often they drop a character in and stuff. Um, that being said, like what LeBron has been added since I, the last time I spoke about it, and then um, Morty is due probably within the next few weeks. Then mm. Rick before the end of the month. Like I think that it will be quite steady and stuff. Um, still, some things like I had a match with two Iron Giants last night. And it was fucked. Like, it was just so, un- like, impossible to, like, win. Um, but like all fighting games, you know, like, I-, I do feel like that this kind of shit will be eventually, like, balanced out or patched out eventually. Yeah, I was going to ask about that because that was kind of anecdotally some of the criticism I'd heard of the game was that there was a bit of imbalance at this stage and some of the characters were a little OP. Um, is I take it that's not spoiling your experience, but is it present? No, I don't, I, I, I feel like right now there's a, oh, what, there's like 16 characters. I feel like I probably see about, I reckon I see nine to 10 of them regularly. Right. Um, okay. So yeah, I kind think. broad enough. Yeah. And there are some characters who are much harder to just pick up and try. Um, yeah. You know what I mean? Like you can't just, you can't be really good with them straight away. So I imagine a lot of people are avoiding them. Um, yeah. They do say, I can't like, remember which characters, but like some are labelled like beginner and intermediate and expert as well. So they obviously know that. Yeah. Like yeah. Arya and Tom and Jerry are both expert and I don't I don't see them very regularly, but I see so many um, Garnets, so many Shaggies. And then Shaggy, I think, because I don't know if he was unlocked from the start, but he I don't was. think he is now. Correct. Um, but yeah, people were just more comfortable with him, I, I guess, so... I must admit, I know that we... I can't remember if we spoke about this last week or just disagreed in the DMs, James, that I would still <laughs> like to see items in one-on-one battles. I think in team battles and anything more than that, that would be too much, but I would just love the randomness of items. When they're in the free-for-all matches, which is just insane and button mashy, but I would love to see Smash Bro-type items in the one-on-one games, even just three or four a game, not to Smash levels, but I really think that would just change it up and keep it more exciting. You're looking at me like I'm an idiot. Uh, I, mean, I don't know. I, I find it good, like, at the moment. It's I good. I don't feel the need for anything, and I'm normally somebody who likes items in Smash. Um, mm. But, I don't know. I, I've never, uh, yeah, I I think once they introduce Ranked with, the like, Season 1 and stuff, they can probably play around with the other modes and what they do and stuff. Yeah. I think items won't be, won't have a place in Ranked. But even the levels and stuff do need a bit of work, like... Iron Giant again because he's such a big character. You can just hit him from a certain spot without moving <laughs> yeah. in a, in one of the levels. Like, and that to right. me feels a bit wrong. Like, I don't know how, but then I don't know what the solution to that is. Um, but they seem pretty committed to getting everything right. Um, they've already like made a few changes. I think they're buffing Wonder Woman next and nerfing bugs because everyone I- is using bugs in here can do a lot of really I think cool shit. I just saw an yeah. hour ago that the, I, can't, I think it's the community manager or the director said that they're reworking hitboxes as well. And that's been one of the other main criticisms about how the hitboxes are, are just a bit all over the place. So they, I, I really like that they're communicating and it seems to be two-way and it's not just to get it out there and it's free, so whatever type experience. Like they're, they're very I think they are committed. doing a really good job. Like even Mortal Kombat 11, like I know it's probably not the same, but like that game was obviously sold so many units and stuff and the communication just wasn't there. Like, you just get a weird update at some point and it's like, oh, it's here. Like, whereas I feel like with multiverses, we already have a really good idea of what they're going to fix and that kind of makes you feel 
better rather than just wondering if they're going to fix this or not fix it or whatever. So I think that's all really important with these like service games is that you always open and honest about what you're talking about. (laughs) Yeah. And I think to your point about progression as well, like you're right that that's kind of something that needs that gets built upon over time. Like I remember, um, you know, the early days of destiny, you'd kind of progress through as much of the game as there was quite quickly. And similarly with apex, I feel like at launch, um, or like soon after launch, I'd kind of like collected a fair few things that I was after, but that very quickly balloons and it suddenly feels impossible to have unlocked everything. And there's stuff in a battle pass that you've missed and people have these items that you regret not unlocking at the time. Um, So yeah, I'm for sure if the game's got legs and it's got a community that supports it um, into the future, I'm sure that'll all come, come with time. Do you know how? Do you know how it's well, like how well it's kind of performing? Uh, is there a solid community um, already there? Yeah, there seems to be. I th- I read something. I don't know if it's true, but I read that the concurrent players on Steam are like more than every other fighting game on Steam combined. So like, there's a well. bit of yeah, that's pretty big, and um, yeah, like I'm that's interested good. to see where that goes. But like, I mean, when you match make, it takes like two seconds. Um, the yeah, online seems nice. to work really well. Um, I mean, I haven't had any issues. I know, like, some people playing on PC seem to have some lagging issues, but for console, has been fine. Yeah. Nice. That's good to hear. Um, Shannon, I'm curious if you've played a particular game that I have on my radar. Obviously, I've been away for the last couple of weeks, so I've not had an opportunity to, to play play much, but Stray... Yeah. Have you been able to play any of it? I haven't been able to chat to Kieran about his review, but that is on the site should you want to go and read it. Have you been able to play any of the game, though? What are your initial thoughts? I did. I played through the first, I'm going to say, hour both on PC, and then I went back and played it on um, oh, yeah. PlayStation. Well, not PC, my little A&EO portable, which it runs oh, well. Oh, nice. Um, yeah, I think it's it's good. Like I'm not I'm a I love cats, but I'm not the biggest cat person in the sense that I, I don't have cats. I've got sausage dogs, obviously, but <laughs> I think it does a really good job of like portraying what it would feel like to play a game as a cat. And like I, I've I've watched a bit of gameplay in the later stages, and I can see how it does. It probably does get a little bit tedious in the sense that it involves more stealth and that kind of thing. But the initial hour or two, like, is very much just about being a cat climbing things, solving very simple puzzles. And I think it, it does well and delivers on the promise that they set out to achieve a few years ago when they announced it. I think you'd nice. love it. I was, I was curious to hear your perspective as a dog person because I feel like it does connect with cat people. It just kind of like observing people's reactions to the game. It does certainly seem to connect with cat people yeah. differently, and which makes sense, I guess. Yeah, but, I can, I can um, see why. I'm surprised it's never really been done when you think about it, like not... A lot of games exist. Like there were like a lot of PS1 and 64 games, but I guess they didn't have the sort of physics required to feel like a cat. But yeah, they've honestly really nailed how it feels like to play a game as a cat. Are there many and make games where you play as a dog? Like in a, like, in like a simulation sort it was of way? Hate, oh, not like simulation-y. Like that PS2 game that was really big. I think Dog's Life. Right, okay. You don't remember that? No. That, no that my my mind goes by. back that to was like big. There was, was like it? so much advertising behind it and everything. Like Really? Yeah. James, what was I think the it game was Sony published? On sixty was it's not it Silicon Valley. Something Silicon or something Valley. Space oh Station Silicon Valley. Yeah, that that's the game that yeah. I always think of in the sense that it just lets you play as lots of different animals. And I just used to play it a lot in my childhood. That's what this kind of reminded me of in terms of like an animal based platforming game but obviously better well i'm hoping this weekend to go and play it at my mum and dad's place and uh see how my cat reacts because apparently he's taken some interest into my mum mum playing it and i've seen plenty of videos on twitter of people's cats kind of getting close to the tv and expressing curiosity as what was happening on there so i definitely want to want to test that my dogs had (laughs) absolutely no reaction which is crazy to me because they are really with a passion yeah i was just even when you were like hitting the meow button and stuff no interest and i was hitting it a lot huh it is funny how like some pets kind of realize what's happening on a screen and others just have no care in the world but look if i were the developer and i saw other cats interacting with my on-screen cat like that would be the highest compliment i could ask for in creating a cat game so (laughs) 10 out of 10 (laughs) 
The players, you know, they're a bit hit or miss, but the cats, the cats love it. Exactly. <laughs> it's a gold tick in my book. Uh, all right. Well, let's speak about some other games, not just the cat games, but the Pokemon games too. Um, particularly Scarlet and Violet that had a bit more of a showing in the past week. James just rolled his eyes at me. It's fair. I didn't. Um, I was like, no, I didn't mean to. It was just a oh, reflex. It's a <laughs> It looked. <laughs> um, Shannon, I'm going to come back to you. We spoke a little bit yesterday about the new Pokemon games. Console performance limitations aside, though, because uh, I want to get back to that in a moment. What do you think of the look of these two games, having seen a bit more about them? Yeah, I'm I'm very interested. I feel like every time I, I watch something for Pokemon, like I get sucked into the hype and say I'm going to play it, and I just never do. But like... Mm. I, I don't know. Looking at they art, inevitably come out at a busy period of the year. They, they do, and like obviously, I'm never one to take the review on. And then by the time I, it comes out, yeah, there's twenty other things to play. But I, I feel like I'm more positive on it after this showing. And I feel like even though I've spoken about how this game was clearly developed before Arceus released, so they they didn't sort of get to see the learnings and the feedback from that, which were positive. Mm. I feel like at least the open world nature of this and like. The, the legendaries being mounts and just everything I saw. Even again, I haven't played Arceus, but just from what I know of it and everything, it looked to be a continuation of that. With like the gyms making up one of the three main missions and them giving players choice into how to tackle things. Um, it it looks to be a good progression of Arceus. I still wish they actually let that game come out and settle before moving on to this to sort of really um, mm. refine the experience and what people liked and didn't like, but. Apart from, yeah, the performance and the, the blockiness of some of the art, like it, it does look weird, wacky and, and good, I would say. There's, there's your quote right there. Um, James, I very much had a question along those lines to ask you. Like, how, how do you feel about the progression of the kind of open world mechanics into this game? Like, do you, do you see there being enough development and enough improvement or is it still kind of a bit middling in your mind? We talk about this every time, um, but I still don't think it's a big enough jump. Yeah. Um, oh, you mean like we talk about this every time a Pokemon game comes out? It's like you and still yeah, waiting like, for his Horizon yeah. game as a Pokemon game. He wants the I'm, game. Where I'm telling you, just something. Game Freak, um, give me a call. We'll I make the best like... Pokemon game ever together. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> um, sorry. <laughs> <laughs> I I really liked the um, quality of life improvements in Arceus. Just like, you know, catching shit, destroying shit, going away. And, like, not having to sit there while your XP bars build up. Do you know what I mean? Like, it was all just, like, on the fly, very, mm. like, active. And um, it just made the... Te- it removed so much tedium from it. And I yeah. think it was probably dumb of us to think that that kind of improvement would be implemented in Scarlet and Violet so quickly after Arceus came out. Because I think that's what happened, is, like, maybe they were worried people wouldn't like it or something, um, so they quickly... so they, they, they Do you know what I mean? Like, there's no time for them to kind of react to what happened with Arceus and then implement yeah. that in a game that's coming out in November. Um, but... I don't know. Like, I, I like the idea that you can go and, like, go and play the game together with your mates and stuff. You Agree. know, with three friends, obviously. Um, with... Any game like this where you can play a single player or like kind of story focused game, I wonder how the progression works um, in terms Mm. of can you just jump in, jump out? Like, what do you keep? What do you lose? Um, Is there any downfalls? You know what I mean? Um, That being said, it does look good. Um, I'm interested to see how it stacks. This is really random, but I'm interested to see how it stacks up against Temtem, which is like leaving early access this year as well. And that's always been the. That game was kind of created by a developer out of the want for a Pokemon-style MMO. Um, mm. So to see that coming out so close to Scarlet and Violet as well is kind of interesting. Um, is this the first game to let, to like unlock the legendaries from the get-go? Yes. Well, and I don't know. Such like, a do you, part do of the you have them to battle? Like, can you battle with them? Or is it going to be like you can't battle with them until something happens? That's a good and question. They're just, they're yeah, just transport you're probably, I feel like, like you're I right, because that would completely change I, the game, wouldn't it? I can't see them giving you a legendary, like, to use from the beginning. Like, why would you even use a starter at that point? I wonder like, if they kind of, like, get around that in, like, <clears> you have to... Yes, the Pokemon's with you, but you're needing to, like, build that yeah, relationship or something before you can use them in battle. One of the three quests will surely be about, like, 
solving some mystery about your legendary and then at the end you will get to yeah. use it or something. Yeah, that I think it's interesting, like, that these games, they always introduce, like, a new gimmick, like, say, with the crystallized-looking, I think it was Terra, Terrastal forms mm. or whatever. Yeah. Um, and then they kind of just dump them. They don't kind of ever think about them again, like the the, <laughs> the mega evolutions in um, X and Y, and then there was the um, something, the, the Gigantamaxes in Dynamax. um, Sword and Shield. Or oh, Dynamax, sorry, yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah, like I, I always kind of am like. Oh, it's just like, the it's kind, kind of one thing that separates, like that yeah, I guess. release from the pack, right? Like I don't think it's yeah. ever designed to be something that the is the- then a permanent. I, I think, I think, like they found really good success with like the the Giga Giant, like the Giant Pokemon, and they've been trying to sort of recreate that in different ways ever since, right? Yeah, like the cynical side of me says it's just a way to make toys and Pokemon cards that are the same Pokemon but different so they can sell them too. But like mm. like to me this one is like, oh cool, they look different and they their type might change. Like <laughs> I don't know if that's like a big like whoa, like to me, like it's not a massive change, but and then like these get like people people might say like it changes how things play competitively, but then these games are only around for like a year before the next one comes out and then and then Yeah. The, all of those the, the meta from the previous games no one cares about because they've already moved on to the next game you know what I mean yeah like, and do they yeah. really care about that when it's such a small piece of what this is in terms of sales and like you said well, the yeah, cards but, and everything else as well yeah I mean like yeah, yeah. I, if you think of those like crystal Pokemon like if they do a set of those in Pokemon cards like those will like go off like the Pokemon Go cards now Doing mm. so well partnership is on the cards for sure. Oh my god! <laughs> yeah, <laughs> gonna get that on a necklace for sure. You're not. You're so not even wrong. Um, it may come as no surprise to the two of you that this does nothing for me. Like, still the fundamentals of like the of Pokemon as a game. Like, it's just not changing enough to interest me. Um, and I think, like, until that happens, I'm going to be very much just blase about the have, whole thing. Like, have sorry, I, just quickly, have they said like is because the catching Narcissus was just like you just caught the Pokemon in the wild. Where I assume with this one, you're going to have to battle them again, aren't you? Well, you could do both in Arceus. Okay. Um, but um, in yeah, I'm assuming that this is the like the old ones because like, that, that's what shit. really. That's what, yeah, appealed to me about the last one. And I still really need to play it in the sense that, like, missions are taking you all over the, the map and you just sort of... It feels more like an open world. Even though this is the open world game, like, that felt more like a dynamic to sort of do your own thing in a Pokemon world type experience. Yeah. Looking at the open world, and I'll use this to segue to the next conversation, it just does feel a bit uh, kind of last gen, I guess I'll say, um, in terms of just like kind of how lifeless the sort of world looks. And like visuals aside, I just don't, I'm not really seeing a lot in the world that's going to like keep me engaged um, as I sort of poke around it. Um, yeah, but then like, what do you mean by that? Like, do you want them to just fill like- it with like dumb side quest shit? Like, <laughs> like, like maybe I don't know, what- I don't know. like it's still still for me the um gold standard of like an open world game is the witcher 3 in which around every corner there was some other um engaging kind of i don't know something to explore or a side quest to embark on and i think the quality of those despite not being like main quest lines was strong enough that it would interest me and compel me to something to, uh, for something to do um i think like on the whole, like, most games, I, I it's still like, mean, here's a box like... to check. I think Horizon, I know you had a different different experience with Horizon, but I got a lot of out of the side quest of Horizon because I thought the additional characters that you met were like quite compelling. Um, mm. But yeah, I hear you. Like if they're just going to fill it for the sake of filling it and having extra things to do, like maybe that's it's just no like, point. But... I mean, this is probably, this is like my, this is probably on me, but like I feel like when I think about like say Metal Gear Solid, um, from software games, uh, you know, all the, like, Tomb Raider, God of War, kind of, almost. Those games have all yeah. kind of transitioned to, like, that open world game design successfully. I yeah. feel like all of those games have done open world and done it quite well. Um, but then I feel like Pokemon, it has always, like, with Sword and Shield, that was the first time they kind of went into it, and then I've got a feeling with Skull and Violet it's going to be the same. Like, it does feel like a half-step. Um 
But like I even Elden Ring, right? right? Like Elden Ring doesn't have side missions and stuff dotted about the place. But well, it, it has does, like but a... they're just not marked on a list. Like there yeah. are there are op- there's optional dungeons with bosses that give you optional rewards. Yeah, like, it 100 yeah. percent has side content. You can't not say yeah, that. Yeah, I guess they're not like <clears throat> side quests in a traditional list. Like some sense. of the main right, quests but, are like, optional. There, there's a <clears throat> ruin, or there's a cave, or there's some nasty looking enemy with a chest behind it. Like there's just kind of things around every corner and something kind of shiny on the horizon that just kind of keeps you a little bit interested and distracts you from that kind even of main quest sh- line. And I just even- don't see anything. Like yeah. nearing even that. Zelda, I think has transitioned uh, quite Ze- well. Yeah, to Breath of the Wild world. for sure. Like, like there was a shrine, or again like, a ruin, or something. A visually dense game, or no, visually like, but dense enough that like game. no matter yeah. which direction you pointed the camera, there was something that was like. And I just don't. I think wonder Pokemon's what that got is. there yet. No. Yeah. Anyhow, I was trying to use that as a segue to ask about the kind of performance limitations of the Switch, because we heard this week that we're not going to see a specced out uh, Switch model until, or at least before March of next year. There's no guarantee we'll see one in March, but we know there's not going to be anything in between. Um, Shannon, we've spoken at length of a Switch Pro model before, but I wanted to ask you now in the wake of the Steam Deck and A&Neom, which you mentioned earlier, how long do you reckon we can go at this stage before we get a Switch revision or need a Switch revision? Oh, God. I think based on everything you know in the sense that, like, Nintendo ordered these parts quite a while ago from NVIDIA, the fact that the 4K dev kits obviously existed because all of those leaks and, and reports from devs, like, like, what, a year and a half ago? like, And the fact that they've sold, what, 110 million Switch? switches now which is a lot of bloody switches um and i think more recently as well stale starting to dip for yeah the first which time, is normal like, like downward trend. yeah given yeah over 100 million is, is when you'd start to reach saturation i think um and yep. just the fact that like we said like perform performance of these games like we don't really want 4k 60 but it'd be nice for them to run at a solid 60 in at least like 1080p but in mm. docked mode um I feel like I really thought and still think that when Breath of the Wild 2 releases, that would be the perfect time to release a new Switch, whether that's like a full-blown successor or just a new iteration that has like DLSS. Like I think the time Mm. is coming for those hardcore Nintendo fans that want to play games like Scarlet and Violet, Breath of the Wild 2, the new Metroid in... Like I said, it doesn't have to be like Horizon Forbidden West, but it just at least have the game running well and looking sharp. Like... I think the time is next year. I think this year was always going to be a stretch given what we know about like it just costing more to do things and shipping be pain, mm. being painful. But I, I still think first half next year is likely and I really thought they would follow the same release pattern as the original Switch, which came out March or April. I can't remember. Uh, March sounds March. right. Yeah. yeah. I, I don't know. I still think, again, this is only... It's not Nintendo coming out and saying, oh, we're not releasing it at Switch before this. It's their financial period ends then. So it's, yeah. it's not them. It's got nothing to do with the date per se outside of the financial period. So it could literally be a day after and it could happen then. But I think yeah. that's, the, yeah. that's the time I'd expect still. Uh, James, I'm curious to put to you, I mean, Shannon, I think has kind of made his um, expectations pretty clear there, but how do, how big a step do you think Nintendo now need to make in order to keep up with the competition? Do you think like a 1080p 60fps target that Shannon identified would be sufficient? Yes. I just think like in terms of um, keeping up, like I don't think... I just think they need to get to a point where, like, say, like, no questions asked, the next COD is coming out on everything. Do you know what I mean? Like, or, like, the next FIFA is coming out on everything without compromise. Mm. Um, I don't know if that's unrealistic to say, because um, I'm not too up on what we can do with tech now versus what, what you can do with the Switch when it launched years ago. Um but even like say like there's like the, I feel like that as an example like there's a big gap in the Switch still for like solid for like I mean there's Doom and Wolfenstein like they're great but like there's like yeah for say Battlefield and COD there's a huge gap there and yep. that's a huge and we know that's a huge chunk of the market even if it's just Warzone players like you know what I mean mm. yeah I so think like agreed. just being able to bring those games to Switch so I like think reliably be being able to play good. kind of like third party tentpole games. 
I think it's a good, good benchmark, yeah. But I agree, like, but then I also think, like, yes, they, they've never been about that, and they, but then I don't think they've ever had a console that's been this successful that's not rooted in something, like, casual like the Wii was. Like, this is mm. a traditional console for all intents and purposes in terms of the way you control games and the way you interact with them. Yeah. Um, but it's still missing all that stuff that I think... I mean, a lot of people probably own both, and I think that's great. But, like, if you just own a Switch, um, like, there, there are a lot of games you are missing out on. Yeah. Yeah. I'm... Yeah. I'm curious if that really plays into their strategy terribly much. Like, for the most part, they have sold their consoles um, for their first-party games, right? Like, people get Switches, or they get Nintendo consoles. I mean, everybody does. Like, the Zelda and Mario and... Um, but yeah, like I, I hear what you're saying. Like it's hard to be a a gamer and just own a Switch. Like you would you would kind of want to have an Xbox or a PlayStation kicking around as well for the sake of playing the latest Assassin's Creed or Call of Duty or or whatever. Um, I think it's and all... likewise the other way. Just to clarify, like to clarify, I feel like Xbox and Play. If you have one of them, you probably should also own a Switch because there's so many fantastic games there. Or yeah. Blur. That um with you know from first party developers that were really good, yeah um, yeah. But I was gonna yeah, say I, I think know. Nvidia like the these rumors started coming out originally because Nvidia had obviously produced the chip and like there were stockpiles of these chips. So I think that like Nvidia if they've produced ten million of these chips, like they're gonna want them used as well. Yeah, yeah. So I think it comes yeah. down to that. Like I don't think Nvidia like the Switch was outdated the day it released. So I don't think Nvidia want to keep developing this eight or nine year old piece of tech, it'll probably cost mm. them more to do that than just use what's available in it. Yeah. Capacity. Like as they're upgrading all of their other systems, it's exactly. like, yeah, we, we don't really benefit from doing this anymore. Yeah. That's a good point. Well, uh, James, seeing as you mentioned third parties and call of GD being on everything, I want to explore a world in which that may not be the case. Cause that is currently, um, what PlayStation is having to grapple with. And according to legal documents emerging out of Brazil in the wake of Xbox's attempted acquisition of Activision and Blizzard, PlayStation have claimed or have stated that they believe Call of Duty is an essential AAA game that, quote, influences users' choice of console. Uh, Shannon, do you think PlayStation are right to be nervous about losing Call of Duty? Definitely. I, I think they're right to be nervous about that, but I don't know if they have the right to voice it or like stand in the way of it happening given uh, it's hard right because like they're both acquired do you feel that i feel like cod do you feel call of duty should be on every console uh, yeah but you could say that about anything that gets acquired right like it going exclusive (laughs) doesn't really benefit any gamer so the argument that PlayStation is making is that it's Call kind of, of like holds, so prolific yeah, within the industry and, think, and within think, the medium that I think Call there's probably like three games. There's probably Call of Duty, FIFA, and Grand Theft Auto in the sense of like they are the mm. huge casual games that like people probably don't care what comes out on those platforms. They just want to be able to play those games with their friends. So if you can only get, say, COD, FIFA or GTA on an Xbox, then Yes, that is likely. But that's also the reason that Xbox want Call of Duty for that exact reason. Yeah. yeah, amazingly, they're like at the same time downplaying how important these games are, sort of saying that Activision don't make any kind of like games of such considerable renown that it is anti-competitive. Um, James, like uh, we've, I think I've probably put this question to you before, Um but how do you feel about it? Like, is this acquisition anti-competitive? Like, it, where do we draw the line with regard to these acquisitions? I don't know, Ewan. <laughs> like, <laughs> I don't fucking know. It's too big a question. Above my like, pay grade. <laughs> like, I don't, is it anti-competitive? I mean, sure, but... Like, I know what you mean, but then... It is weird, because I, I think... It, I honestly don't know. Like, part of me <laughs> thinks, like, say, with with Xbox, like, obviously, Xbox's strategy has always been about getting people into their, their ecosystem and yeah. the Game Pass infrastructure and all that kind of shit. Um, and that's where they make most of their money, right? But then I think about how much money could they make. Because at the end of the day, they don't make money from selling Xboxes, right? 
They don't. Uh, well, I mean, they, yeah, they do as a... Yeah, how nets out. But in terms be, of the be unit low. cost, yeah. like, yeah. per console, I'm sure they don't make... The, Very that, little, their, their bottom line is not influenced much by that. Um, in yep. terms of... So, what I'm saying, what I'm trying to say is, if somebody doesn't buy an Xbox, but buys a PS5 and buys COD on it, they will probably make more money off that copy of COD being sold than that console. Mm. Right? No matter where yeah. it's sold. Because, obviously, there would be some kind of kickback for them, I assume. Yeah. Um, but then I can't help but feel that you selling a copy of COD once, the opportunity cost for them, I'm trying to work this out of my brain, like in terms of getting somebody into Game Pass and then getting them to be somebody who's there for life now, is too great. So that's why I feel like that's their strategy and that's why that works better for them to not put it somewhere else. Yeah, but I think. Besides, yeah. <laughs> I, I think like <laughs> I'm just digesting think, what has been said. I I think that like, it's a trade-off, the, right? Like it's. Do you, but then the comments you... about like Activision don't make games. It's kind of like how Shannon pretended that like Doom and Fallout weren't good anymore because once <laughs> Bethesda Look, got bought, he's like, "Oh, I never." Do you know what? I never actually heard for Bethesda. What, what would like, you oh, give okay. Fallout seventy six um, out of ten? Just curiously while we're talking. Uh, I yeah, I'm not talking. <laughs> well, we weren't talking about Fallout. So whatever. Baby, you know what? You I'm mentioned well, I think, it. I think it was no. I let's think it was Skyrim. I think no. No. no, no. Well, let's rewind oh, back to the actual conversation. And I think we we're talking about Skyrim. Let's mute well, him. You're just like, oh yeah, Bethesda don't make good mic. RPGs anymore, um, anyway. No, I think um, I agree with like- James's point that your mic is off for a moment. I agree with James's. No, it's not. <laughs> <laughs> it's, no, I the agree light with is green. I agree with James's point in the sense that, like, I still think that Xbox stand to make more money from having it available on everything because I do think that whilst yeah. a lot of people would buy an Xbox if it became exclusive, like. Not everyone would, and it's just better to have people paying a hundred dollars than not playing it at all. And I also think we're forgetting that, like, it's not just about owning an Xbox. Like, you can literally just put a controller with your Samsung TV now and play it on that. So, from that point of view, well, we're not forgetting yeah. that because I just said that. <laughs> like, I said they want to be the ecosystem. <laughs> like, that was the, the first thing I said. Okay. So it's not well, like Shannon's just reiterating, I am reiterating the point. It. It's it is it, it is a big point. It's a big okay. point. It's a big point. Um. I don't know. I, I really, I don't know. I, I feel like some of COD's going to have to go exclusive. And that was the rumor, right? That like Warzone would stay available on everything yeah. and maybe that the yearly iteration it, would. Uh, COD's an interesting case study, right? Because it's always been that kind of uh, card that the major console manufacturers are like trying you know to play what? off against oh, each yeah. other, like with the exclusive map packs and stuff like that. But yeah, but remember that was, it was like that for 360 for ages. Yeah. Yeah. So and I guess maybe Sony is in a position and, to know yeah. that, like, you know, they were probably losing and they really, w- not losing, um, but do you know what I mean? Like, they really wanted that and then they did get it for PS4, like that that whole map pack deal. And the market yeah. changed now, so map packs don't really matter as much. But um, no. but still, like, like with the, with the advent of cross-play and everything, shit, but Xbox is nah, still, like, the best place to play, like... Yeah, but they would have to be careful on how to do that because with like the advent of oh, crossplay yeah. and shit, like all it's, yeah. you can't splinter anymore. Like that's not how it works anymore. It used to be yeah. like that, but not. That's not how you make your money. Um, yeah. But yeah, like I. But maybe it's as simple as like Game Pass subscribers get the battle pass for free or something like that. Like it's some sort of inclusion. Yeah, like but then that. that's got that. That's not going to make somebody. Pl- I mean, someone who has both consoles might play it on Xbox, but no one's going to go buy an Xbox because they get the battle pass for free. Like that's. But that's they might $15. subscribe to ga- game. I also yeah, true, play I that game. I don't understand. Like a game like COD that people are spending a hundred dollars on every year just to buy. Like surely, as Xbox, you want them still buying that on top of having Game Pass because you make just as much money from them buying it yearly as you do like the whole yearly Game Pass subscription almost. Yeah. Yeah, well, I mean that's where the whole like business and you're model not, is. And you're bit, not like, the money they've spent on this on Activision. Like you're not making that back on Game Pass. No, but you are on the in-app. You are on well, Pass not, and everything else. Not immediately. No, for sure. Ugh, I don't know. It's so complex. It's so big and above. I think our they've heads. Got, they've got a like a long-term vision. Um, and and I'm sure 
Yeah, I, I wouldn't be surprised if they, for the next kind of few years, continue to release Call of Duty on everything as they kind of mediate on. And they, they've this done decision. that with Minecraft as well. Like they've never made Minecraft exactly. exclusive to anything. Like so I, I feel no. like there is precedence to believe that if they're saying they're going to do that, they obviously have a business case to do that. Yeah, yeah, I agree. Well, we're going long, but I do want to quickly squeeze in one of my new favorite segments, and that is Tech Time with Shannon. Shannon, I saw in your hands a moment ago, you had the PlayStation Backbone still in your hands now. It How is. are you finding it? Like, are you using Remote Play much these days? Has it been of interest to you? I haven't used Remote Play in a while. I'm going to say I've used it once or twice, my PS5, using my DualSense with my iPhone, but it is. Yeah. I feel like it's a feature that's always been cool, but never really stable enough to use yeah enough but i'm keen to jump back in with this very solid backbone and give it a go i've been playing a few mobile games with it and it is a very solid control like it feels it doesn't feel like you're playing a mobile game it feels like you're actually just playing a portable i guess nice i like that but yeah I don't uh, know. james do you do you play many games on your phone do you give game streaming no. much of a go i tried no. um like the cloud game pass stuff um yeah when that was beta just to see how it works but um i'm never like I'm on a, I like try to get home as soon as I can, no matter where I am, to like <laughs> to play a video game. I'm not gonna fucking just hang around and be like, oh, I might play some multiverses on my phone. Like, I just want to be home. Yeah. yeah. Um. So it's not really for me. I don't commute like I drive. Um, yeah. Yeah. It just doesn't really work for me. Um. I'm but sorry. I love. I've always loved the idea that, like, say, I if I go away, like somewhere, like for a week or something, I can take my switch or portable xbox or whatever if that ever exists you know what i mean and and continue yeah. my progress on my games or something while i'm away um yeah. i did have a really good experience playing hellblade um via xcloud it was like one of those things that like i just i thought i had it on my playstation i didn't it's like i, I need to See, but then, like a game like so, that i i feel like playing that portably that's the worst way to play it like I, well that, i was playing on a computer like, but i was like streaming oh, right. it from right, right, right. Yeah, yeah yeah and that like performed well if that performed well like you'd be good i guess um, I mean, games- there was like a little bit of delay and input lag here and there as like buffered, yeah. but otherwise it was pretty good. Um, and, you know, for I a really- game that's obviously like about kind of like parrying and whatnot as well, like I was amazed how well it held up. Still not and the, other thing the is optimal like, the infrastructure, but like, like 5G and stuff and I don't know, yeah. does 6G exist yet? Like eventually like that technology will, will catch up and it will be fine. There won't be a yeah. problem. Um, I do love the idea of like you forget to download a game, so you can just stri- like cloud it and yeah. get playing well, that, with your that mates was if they're waiting for you or yeah, something. Yeah, my experience. Yeah, yeah. Um, but yeah, interesting. Well, that was tech time with Shannon. I do have a rapid fire question for oh, yeah. the two of you today as well. Um, co- is it is it Coke Cock Kosh? It's Cosh Media. It? I thought it Koch. was Cock. Well, this is why they fucking rebranded because <laughs> exactly. you're all this is can't well. Get it this right. is why they rebranded. So Kosh <laughs> Media <laughs> has rebranded to Play On, but it's spelt P L A I O N. So you could say Play On, Play On. Nah, my this my first, first call now, but it's play first, on. So you're having a stroke. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> my first read of it was definitely Play On, but I also think. I don't even know what your rapid fire question is, but I think to go from one... Is it an improvement or not? Yeah, okay. Yes, I think so. I'd say a marginal. I like the new name, but I'd say (laughs) in terms of confusion, it's it's equal. (laughs) Yeah, yeah. It's like they kind of solved the problem... But not quite. Like, yeah. it's a bit of a I just assume yeah, Patrick like, was like, oh, yeah, it was founded by Mr. Koch years ago in Germany or something. Yeah. Um, but now, like, it's more. Yeah, I don't know. And that's been abducted they, by aliens. Well, they changed it because they reckon it's more reflective of what they do. But, like, I don't know when I've ever seen a Koch media TV show or movie or book, you know? <laughs> Wait, yeah. what? But I think because it's media. What does to do with He's it? saying it's media. Which is all encompassing like, why, of all uh, mediums. Gotcha, gotcha. Yeah, why was there not, like, Kosh Games? Well, no. Is that what you're saying? I, I'm not saying that. I'm just saying that's... They said that's why they changed it, is because they oh. feel like it's more reflective of what they do. And it's yeah. Like, well, well, it is. Fucking pick that? Well, okay, well... Okay. Yeah, but why Why did she name it Meteor in the first place? Like, what was your thinking? <laughs> yeah. Maybe the yeah, better I rapid fire you. question would, would have been, what would you have called it? <laughs> What oh, would you have called it, no, Shannon? No, I'm not going there. That's a joke. <laughs> Koshzilla. 
Look, I would say that Kosh probably has the best lineup of games this year. Wow. If all of the games come out. In a year that God or Ragnarok is releasing. But that's all it's releasing. Kills everything else. (laughs) And Horizon. Anyway, it's the longest rapid fire ever. Yeah, it really was. Um, speaking of, yeah, long, like this episode's going long and we haven't played What the Wiki yet, the Press Start podcast game show where the previous week's winner reads part of a Wikipedia page for an unknown game and we, the contestants, must guess the game. The first guess two games correctly, wins the round and takes home the points. And I have been informed that last week, James won those points. Extended this lead out to two points. Um, he is ninth... Sorry, he has nine points and is in first place. Brody has seven points in second. Shannon in third on six. Myself on four. Kieran on one. And Harry and Stephen tied on nil pois. Points. Nil. They're on nil pois. James, as last week's winner, you are today's host. Um, I'm going to quickly check in with Shannon, though, because he seems to have frozen. Shannon, are you okay? Are you there? He hasn't frozen for me. He's just gone. Bloody internet. He's just gone. Oh, did his internet drop out? Well, this know. this might does this mean I automatically well, is, win with yeah. the wiki champs? You get a head, you get a head start. <laughs> you get a head start. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, Lee. I'm back. Let's just give him um, give him a quick sec. Let's just yeah. How was your day, Ewan? Yeah, we're just gonna fill time. Uh, my day was pretty good, James. What have you been playing other than um, just Metal Gear? I'm sorry, nothing. Oh, exciting. sorry, you did say Metal like, Gear. Yeah, I've already said. Did I tell you I'm fine. replaying Call of Duty? Uh, not Call of Duty, God of War. Oh, okay. Very similar games. I can see how you get them. Very confused. similar games. I, well, um, I'm stalling. I'm, I'm, you're replaying I'm, like, my the brain first firing. The, all Hello. The God of Wars or just God of War PS4? Just God of War PS4. Actually, I don't care. Shannon's back. <laughs> Are we ready? Shannon, can you hear us? <laughs> I can. Hello, Shannon. Shannon. We're hey. on with this PC. Did, did your recording... Is your recording all good? Yeah, yeah, yeah. No, no, no. It's, fine. it's just Excellent. my internet. We're including it's all of good. this, by the way. Uh, there's had, no chance yeah, of editing We had some fantastic, some fantastic <laughs> ad hoc conversation. <laughs> all right. James, the show is yours. What the wiki? Take it away. Okay. I think this will be shit, but we'll see how we go. <laughs> okay. The game is a 2014 stealth game developed by somebody and published by somebody. It is the eighth game in the series. Set in March 1975, a few months after the events of the previous game, players control a returning protagonist as they work with the mercenary group to infiltrate an American black site on Cuban soil called Camp Omega. Remember when video games weren't political, apparently? (laughs) (laughs) Did Shannon just walk out of the room? I think he did. I think he's given up. Um... Once used as a refugee camp for people fleeing Cuba and Haiti... Uh, Camp Omega is home to an old prison. Ewan, look, this is not my series, but I'm going to just shoot in the dark. Shoot me. Is it Splinter Cell Blacklist? It absolutely isn't. Damn it. (laughs) Sorry. Um, Camp Omega is home to an old prison that is being used for extraordinary rendition as it has no legal recognition under the United States Constitution. Is Shannon here? I am. I'm back. I didn't hear it anything before the last sentence but that's all right let's go it's a stealth game 2014 guantanamo bay-esque location called camp omega um players control the character through the game map and attempt to complete missions while avoiding being spotted by the enemy the threat detection system has been revamped with the removal of the on-screen meter or gauge yes shannon splinter cell conviction it's not splinter cell conviction ewan yes did you say 2014 2014. Yeah, I started press start, so I feel like I should know what this is. Yeah, oh, shit, that's throwing me. Uh, is it Metal Gear Solid Ground Zeroes? Five Ground Zeroes. Yeah, it is. Well done. <laughs> wow. The theme is old Woo! games that James is playing currently, if you will. No, it's not. It's not shown. Was, th- was that set in Cuba? Yeah. See, I had nothing to even tell you for Splinter Cell, apart from that was the only thing I heard initially. Most expensive demo ever. (laughs) Um, Cool, let's go. So, Ewan is on one, Shannon's on none. Amazing. Hopefully we can sit at the desk for the whole, the next one. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah! What was so important that you had to walk out of the room? My internet cut out again. I was going to check what was going on. Well, it wasn't, it was obviously working because we could see you leaving. We watched you walk out of the room. Okay, Anyway, shut up. (laughs) 
that's risky. This this game is a fighting game developed and published by Bandai Namco. It is the seventh main and ninth overall installment in the series. The game had a limited arcade release in March 2015. An updated arcade version, Faded Retribution, was released in July 2016. The home versions were released for PS4, Xbox One, and PC in June 2017. Shannon. Yes, Shannon. Dead or Alive 5. I said it was the seventh and the ninth overall installment, so no. Dead or Alive alive 7. No, there's there's no Dead or Alive 7. (laughs) Please. Stop. <laughs> Whoever fuck me dead. Like this is the problem shortly, playing this game at the end. We're like just delirious. <laughs> set shortly after the events of the previous game, the plot focuses on the events leading up to the final battle between Hihachi Mishima and his son Kazuya. The game introduces several new elements to the system, such oh, you two. What made you think? What made you think I was a Exactly. This is <laughs> because you're both Shannon PlayStation people. You are both PlayStation people, Shannon. Yes. Go again. Tekken 7. It is Tekken 7. Thank <laughs> you. <laughs> that could have easily gone wrong with the numbers still. <laughs> yeah. So I picked that because Evo's this weekend and apparently Tekken 8 could be announced. Wow. So That's big. I We're clearly waiting Tekken, for it. Like, I mean, yes, whatever. I mean, There's no multiverses. You're right. Anyway, whatever. Moving There's on. There's no PlayStation All-Stars. If What's I can pull yeah, this. That, that's the game that everybody <laughs> remembers fondly. Okay, With a great so game. let's go. Yeah, everyone agrees. The buying public agreed too. Okay, so... <laughs> Tiebreaker. The game is centred around a main character tasked with forming a cult to appease an ominous stranger who has saved the player character's life. Ewan! The, yes, Ewan. Cult Ewan of the Lamb. It is Cult of the Lamb. That is out Let's next week. Go! Do that Ewan, Four a, points, baby! What a waste, honestly. Make... <laughs> That's two. That's two out of two in my last two appearances. Let's go. Huge. They're making it Shannon S comeback late in the season. Why don't we make yeah. it so that you can actually come onto the show every week from this point on? You're yeah. Right. <laughs> yes. That's the first. Goal. Um, that's the goal. Speaking of which, actually, we do need to record early next week because I am also away again. Well, They've opened the borders up. I can't be contained. I don't know. I I just got weird energy having won that round. But with that, let's bring an end to what was this week's episode of the Press Start Podcast. Subscribe to us on Listener or the podcast service of your choice. Follow us at Press.au and visit the site at Press.com.au. We've been joined today by Shannon. You can follow me at Shancake underscore on the Twitter. And doing a magnificent job hosting What the Wiki, it was James. Hey, thanks for coming. Um, you can follow me on Twitter at jams, A-T-J-A-M-Z. And I've been your host, Ewan Roxburgh. You can follow me on Twitter at Ewan underscore Roxburgh. Thanks again for tuning in. And until next time, happy gaming. Bye. Bye. Bye.